Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. I believe that if we'll stick with the Word of God and lay the foundation correctly on our subject that we've been looking at, faith and its implementation, uh, that you will see that the entire Word of God is designed in a certain way uh, that it can impart faith and that faith can be released and that it can bring you uh, what you need, what you desire from God. I'd like to say it like this. Faith always opens up the treasure chest of what God has provided for us in Christ so that you can experience it and it can be a part of your life. Uh, now, there's no reason to do without anything. Let me say that again. You may think that's a, a, broad, uh, a bold statement that, that kind of you know, paints a broad picture, but it's true. You shouldn't have to lack or, or want. You know, David said in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So we've got to understand that, that God's not going to give us anything. He's already done it. He's already provided a tremendous provision for us so that if we'll just have faith, believe God, and understand how to operate in faith, we can bring these things into our life. Now, I want you to know the enemy fights these types of doctrines. Even a lot of Christianity uh, does not adhere to it. Uh, but the men and women that I've studied after, many of them have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, many of them were in ministry over 60 years. Uh, I think that's a great testimony in itself because they say the average age of most ministers is 58. Most ministers die at age 58. I'm 58 years old, and I'm stronger than I've ever been. Amen? Well, the reason is, is we've lived by faith. Amen. Uh, we've, I'm not going to retire at 60 or 65. When I'm 75, 85, we're still going to be doing missions trips, teaching and preaching the Word of God, doing what God says. So I believe the generations that have gone before us have proved that the doctrine of faith works. It works if you're willing to get in and work it. Now, we've discovered that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible is the source of faith for you. Get into the Word of God. Read it. Study. Meditate. Memorize. Have the Word of God taught to you. Allow faith to come into your heart and into your spirit. And never allow your natural mind, which the Bible says that it is at enmity with God or is the enemy of God, never let the carnal mind challenge what the Word of God says. If the Bible says by his stripes we're healed, then by his stripes we're healed. If the Bible says we need to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that God hath raised Jesus from the dead to be saved, then that's how you get saved. If the Bible says we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, then we need to obey the Word of God. It's actually a commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the Bible instructs us to tithe and offer, then we ought to, we ought to tithe and offer. We ought to obey the Word of God apart from intellectual satisfaction. You say, what is intellectual satisfaction? Being able to figure it all out. Because at the end of the day, most things that, that have to do with faith in the Word of God, your intellectual mind is not going to figure it out anyway. You're going to have to learn to live by faith. If your intellectual mind could figure it out, you wouldn't need faith. But thank God God says faith pleases Him. Amen. So we studied about faith coming to us, how faith comes, that, that inspiration helps, but it can't get faith through inspiration. There must be the information of the Word of God. And then last week we took a little side trip and looked at how important our words are. We saw in the nation of Israel, when they, when, they, when they listened to the wrong words and said the wrong words, then they got the wrong thing. Which means if you'll listen to the right thing and say the right thing, then you'll get the right thing. Words are the primary way in which we release our faith. They're not the main way. The main way is through words and action. But the primary way or the way it begins is through confession. 
Once faith comes, once you hear the word of faith, once it drops into your heart, it is important that you begin to speak the word of God. Everybody say, speak the word of God. As you become somebody who has developed a continual faith confession, that faith confession will empower you to walk in faith. We say it like this around here at Island Church. Uh, allow your mouth to feed your heart faith so that your heart can feed your mouth faith. When you don't need your faith to operate, allow your mouth to feed it to your heart. You may not need healing. You may not need prosperity. You may not need it. But then when you do need it, you just take and pull the gear in reverse and your heart will feed your mouth faith. Let me give you an illustration. It's kind of like, uh, say, say you're uh, believing God for finances and your finances are good, you've got all the money you need, but you love the Word of God. So every day as you pray, you confess uh, uh, Philippians 4.19. Father, I thank you. You said in your Word that you supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm just going to take this day and I'm just going to confess your Word. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, that you do supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I believe that. I receive that. I thank you for it and I rejoice in it. Well, you go on for two or three months doing that. Next thing you know, here comes the enemy and he attacks your finances. Now, instead of thanking God that he supplies all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, you pull the switch of faith and you turn to the circumstance and say, no, 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 devil. You can't touch my finances for it is written, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You've just released your faith through your confession. That's how simple it works. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, let's read here just a minute. Verse 1, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, notice verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Talks about God making the firmament, dividing the waters, doing all of that. Verse 8 says, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Verse 9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And then it talks about how God began to divide the continents, the earth called the earth, the earth called the seas, the seas. It says in verse 10, and God called the dry land earth and gathering together of the waters he called the seas and God saw that it was good. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmaments of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And verse 19, uh, excuse me, and verse, uh, and verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl that it may fly above the earth in the open firmament. Uh, down in verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle, creeping thing, beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. Now notice verse 26 very carefully. And God said... Let us make man in our image and, in our, and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now notice that again, verse 26. And God said, let us. Now the word us literally means God the Father. Everybody say God the Father. 
God the Word, which is God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The three in one said, let us make man, actually we can say it like this, in our likeness and in our image. Now, the only likeness and image we have of God up to this point, if that's all the information we had in the Word of God, the only likeness and image we see of God is a being, a creative being that creates with His words. Do you see that? We're not twisting Scripture. We're not spinning it in any way. We're not trying to make some, something out of, the, you know, that's not there. No, I mean over and over and over and over. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was good. And God said, and God said, and God said. He is a creature that creates with his words. And he has made you in his likeness and image. And you are now a creature that creates with your words. Everything that exists in civilization... Everything that is on the earth today, the highways and roads, the great cities, all the architectural things that have been built, all of the governments, everything that exists and functions on the earth began first with words being spoke. Uh, we, we, we enjoyed this, uh, uh, this beautiful presentation from our children this evening as they sang these patriotic songs. How did America begin? America began in the heart of an individual that desired freedom. And as he began to desire freedom, he began to speak freedom to other people. As other people begin to hear the message, they begin to desire a place they could go and not be under the bondage of the, of the, uh, of the uh, monarchies that they lived under. That's how people eventually came to America with a desire to openly and freely serve God. I mean, no matter what they tell you, amen. Uh, also, this shows us very plainly, creation is relevant not evolution. God uses words to what? Create. There's no evolving. I say, well, you can plainly tell that, 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 that this evolved. And that we were, Lee and I were watching something on Hummingbirds one time, and they were doing their very best to try to explain to us how evolution had taken place in order to make all these hummingbirds different. Remember that show we were watching? And it was amazing. There was a hummingbird in the Philippine Islands that had a long, crooked bill. And the only flower he ever ate out of was a flower that was shaped exactly like his bill was. So that his bill fit perfectly into that flower so that he could feed. So in the show they were saying, isn't it amazing how evolution, both the flower and the bird's beak evolved at the same time. Come on! The flower and the beak didn't evolve at the same time. The God of creation used his words to create the flower and the hummingbird and the beak on the hummingbird. I mean, you know, they're trying to indoctrinate people with so many lies, but it's not the truth. The truth is the order of the world testifies to the glory of God. The seasons that pass, the migration of the animals, all that God has set into being, the wonder of the human anatomy and the human body shows forth the order of God. The wonder of nature itself shows forth the order. Romans actually says if a man or a woman observes nature and denies that there is a God, he's an absolute fool. I like what the old preacher said years ago. He said the probability of evolution is about as probable as a tornado hitting a junkyard and a 747 come flying out the other end. 
No, no, somebody has to create it. And creation begins with words. Your life, the sum total of your life, is what you have believed in your heart and said with your mouth. This is not a Christian principle. This is a human principle. We've seen it work in the negative. You take back in the 1920s and 1930s, a little corporal in the German army named Adolf Hitler had a wicked demonic idea in his mind. As he developed that idea, how did he begin it? He began to speak it. He began to speak it. As he began to speak it, people begin to listen. He began to speak. Others begin to listen. We end up some 10 or 15 years later with over 50 million people dead because of what that guy created with his words. Come on, church. The same thing is true of us. Everything we've ever believed God for in ministry, everything we've got here at Island Church, everything we've ever done as a people or as a body, we've done it because we've believed it and we've confessed it and we've said it and we hadn't backed off and we've continued to praise God and we've believed it and we've confessed it. You say, Pastor, how, you, how do you know you're really going to be able to build a building on that land? Because we say we are. That's why. That is the principle in the Word of God because we say we're going to do it. That is how God has created us. And if your world is not so good right now, then the good news is you can change your world by changing your words. Now we see it very plainly here. Go to Proverbs real quick. Go to Proverbs, go to Proverbs chapter 20. Let me get over there. How many love the Word? Oh, I tell you, there's nothing like the Word of God. Look at Proverbs 20. Let me find it myself. I was never good at sword drills. How many know what sword drills are? Raise your hand if you know what a sword drill is. A few of you do. That's where the, the, the teacher used to call out a scripture, and whoever got there first got a box of raisinets or something, you know. Excuse me, chapter 18. Let me find it here. Well, I say chapter 18. Here it is. Verse 20, chapter 18. 20 is close enough. Let's go to 18. Now notice what it says. Verse 20 of Proverbs chapter 18. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth... And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now notice that again. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Now he's not talking about your stomach, your physical stomach. Amen. He's talking about your inward man, your desires on the inside. How many got a desire on the inside? Well, that desire on the inside is what? Satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. Listen, if you're believing God for a house, you ought to start thanking God for that house. You know, if I were you, what I would do is I'd write down the specifics of what I wanted, and I'd go around and look around. You know, I remember the testimony of somebody years ago. I thought it was really good. Uh, they started believing God for a house, and they started confessing and confessing, and they wanted to act on what they were confessing. We'll, we'll, we'll teach on acting on the Word of God here in a couple of weeks. They wanted to act on what they were confessing. So they went down to the hardware store and bought the most expensive doorknob they could find. I mean, they spent four or $500 on this big old doorknob. And they carried it with them everywhere they went. Everywhere they went, they had this doorknob. So people would ask them, what are you doing with that doorknob? And they would say, well, we're just waiting for God to hook a house to it. Now, that's faith in operation. 
I heard another testimony of a lady who was believing God for her husband to be, to be saved. She was praying over him. He was just, and it seemed like the more she prayed, the worse he got. So what she did is she went down to the store and bought a suit of clothes. Bought a suit, bought a tie, bought a shirt, bought shoes, bought socks, even bought new underwear. Hung them all up in the closet and said, you don't touch that. He said, why not? He said, because that suit is for, you, for, for the day when you go to church with me. Amen. And she just kept confessing. Thank you, Lord, my husband's going to go to church. But thank you, Lord, my husband's going to go to church. Thank you. And one day she looked up and there he was dressed in that suit and said, let's go to church. He went to church, got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, lived out his life serving God. You say, why? Because she believed it in her heart and confessed it with her mouth. The Word of God will empower you to do that. That's what it says. Your spirit man, your belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. And with the increase of your lips shall you be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, you are either speaking life or you are speaking death. To your life, to your finances, to your marriage, to your health, to your job, to your business, Listen, you are either speaking life to the educational. I mean, if you're a student in here and you're, and you're saying, oh, Pastor, I tell you, I, I, I can't ever learn. I'm just an idiot. I, I can't ever get anything right. I tell you, every time I look at something, I'm confused. You will literally be bound by your words. You ought to start saying, I'm a good student. I can understand everything that's taught me. I'll do good on my test. I'll be blessed of the Lord. You ought to start talking like that. In every endeavor of life, you ought to talk the Word of God, speak the Word of God, and believe God for the results of it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That shows us what? It's not talking about the power of life. It's not talking about the power of death. It's talking about the power of the tongue. So you are either speaking life or you are speaking death. And the problem is, we have so much of our conversation that is embalmed with death. People talking about that just tickled me to death. And I'm dying to go there. And I ate so much I thought it was going to kill me. Look, just think if the Holy Ghost said, all right, we'll just turn up this thing all the way to its maximum so that every person that believes that will have everything they say instantaneously. We'd be six months burying the dead people. Because something tickled you to death or, or, you know, I'm dying to do this. You, you know, I mean, just listen how much death we have involved in our conversation. Get the death out of your conversation. Get it out of your marriage. Get it out of your finances. Talk, listen, if all you've got is two pennies, thank God those two pennies are blessed. Say, I can plant one and I can save one and God will give me a harvest and I'll have five pennies. Amen. Whatever you've got, thank God for it. Whatever you've got, speak life over it. I've seen people in marriage just speak death to each other. I should have never married you. Yeah, I should have married and never married you. I don't like you. I don't like you either. I thought we were in love. Yeah, I thought we were in love with a feeling. The thrill is gone, honey. <laughs> thrill wasn't ever there, amen? No, speak life. I always, I call, my wife, what, what, what are all your pet, my pet names for you? Beautiful. Sweetie, gorgeous, honey, darling. Every night we tell each other, I love you. We speak life. I call her blessed of God. She calls me blessed of God. I tell you, we're so happy we hardly know what to do. It's better than it was when we were on our honeymoon. Amen? Yeah. See, listen, I got a good amen from her on that. 
We speak life. I mean, you know, I married an old hag, you know, and she just, and my old lady, she my old lady. No wonder she looks so old. You've been calling her an old lady since she was 18 years old. That's not an old lady. That's, that's God's daughter. That's not an old man. That's God's son. You ought to start calling them what they are according to the word of God. Amen. And over your physical body. Well, if anybody gets the flu this year, it'll be me. It will. It absolutely will. If anybody gets sick this year, it's going to be me. I tell you, this is sure a nice car I got, but it won't be six months. I'll be in an accident. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me close. My time is up. Here's the thing. You got two guys living one, one next to another. And, you know, they're outside, and they're, they're drinking Miller Lite and looking at their cars. And they both bought the same car. And they both say the same thing about their car. And say, yeah, it's nice, but, you know, I got 60 months worth of payments. And this stinking thing, it'll fall apart before I pay it off. You know, and they'll both agree. And they want to come to Island Church, get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, get a little teaching on faith. And they'll start saying, no, I'm going to pay my car off. I'm going to pay it off way before. I'm going to pay it off in 30 months instead of 60. I tell you, it'll be a blessed car too. And I'll drive it for 250,000 miles and the tires won't wear out. And it'll be, and the other, the other neighbor, who they were agreeing over the negative confession, but the other neighbor started thinking, oh, he's a nut. <laughs> he's, well, they were both speaking the same thing in death and agreeing with it. Now one starts speaking life and the other one thinks they're a nut. No, no, life and death are in the what? The power of the tongue. Make a decision. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your finances. Speak life over your physical body. Speak life over, over your church, over your family, over your marriage. Speak life over your job. Well, I tell you, if they lay off anybody at the plant, it'll be me. It will be. Nobody gets a raise. You ought to say, I am. If anybody gets a raise, it'll be me. If anybody gets a bonus, it'll be me. If anybody gets blessed, it'll be me. I tell you, that's what you ought to do, is begin to do what? Speak life in every area of your life. Amen. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name this evening. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Father, we thank you that forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That your word does not return void, but it does accomplish that where to it is sent and prospers in the thing it was sent to. And Father, we echo the same sentiment right here at Island Church that they did in the book of Acts. So mightily grows the word of God and prevails. Thank you, Father, here at Island Church. Your word is prevailing over sin and unrighteousness, sickness and disease, inability and lack. Thank you that your word is imparting and producing favor and blessing in the lives of your children. Thank you as we leave tonight. We stand on your word. We confess your word. We declare there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Rejoicing, Lord, that you give your angels charge over us. We leave tonight thanking you, Father, that you protect us on the highways, the seaways, the railways, and the, and the, and the seaway. Did I say this? The airways. All of those ways. Amen. <laughs> Protect us in the righteous labor of our hands, whether it be in the medical, the educational, up in the construction sites, whether it be in the retail markets, wherever we find our life's work. Thank you, Father, that we're not subject to the trauma, the terror that's upon this earth. But you, Lord, keep us safe in the secret place of the Most High. Let us go forth from this place, Lord.
Let us be a blessing to people. Let us enter into a door of utterance in our community so that we might be an answer to somebody's prayer, a miracle in somebody's life, a blessing to people and a problem to the devil. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for Island Church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.